0: Hello and welcome to Style & Substance, a branding and business podcast for inspired and empowered entrepreneurs. I'm Elizabeth Cairns and together with my fabulous co-host
1: Fiona Humberstone, we're here to help you sidestep the hustle, keep joy at the forefront of your work and champion a more meaningful and sustainable approach to business. We'll talk about everything from purpose to productivity, from colour psychology to creativity, where to start and how to keep going, how to stay inspired, empowered, and more importantly, sane in the process. We hope you enjoy the show. And if you do, please like, share, subscribe, and keep listening. Hello, hello, welcome back. Hello. (laughs) Exciting to be here again. And today I'm really keen to get stuck in and I'm going to be picking Fee's brains predominantly today because the title of the show this week is Getting Your Brand Right from the Start, which, as we know, Fee is all over like a hot rash. Um, and, (laughs) (laughs) And it's really exciting because you are so excited about branding, aren't you? You're so excited about the potential. You're so excited about what it brings two businesses two people who are you know commercially minded why is it such a juicy amazing field for you
0: oh it is you're so right it is such my passion it's quite hard to articulate but it is just something I have had an absolute passion for ever since I started in this industry 23 years ago and Mm. and it just shows no sign of abating and and you know if i if i have a break well the, the kids are on holiday and i come back the minute i sit back at my desk and i start working with another entrepreneur it's so inspiring and so exciting yeah and i think it's seeing the potential i mm. i have always right from as long as i can remember really enjoyed catching the passion of an entrepreneur, listening to what their dreams are for their business, where they want to take it. I love working with entrepreneurs that love what they do. Mm. And I know that I can help them create something that moves their business forwards. And it's just a bit of a drug, I suppose. It's a bit addictive, isn't it? And I think what's so amazing about it is it's that, for me, it's that combination of creativity and vision and thinking strategically and when the alchemy of those two things comes together you can create real magic and you can create a real impact and that's what's really exciting
1: yeah yeah and that and the bit that gives me the buzz in that is that when that's also aligned with the entrepreneur and what they love and their passions and what they're really good at that combination together is just an incredible
0: business ready to be born right yeah i mean they become unstoppable don't they and that's what's really exciting yeah
1: yeah and great things happen in business and in the world when when those things come together in synergy and yeah so if you are an entrepreneur in this incredible sweet spot space of being about to birth something or bring something out there to the world that you're excited about, then this is for you. And equally, if you're a little bit down that path, but you're thinking, oh, I'm not sure whether I'm getting this right, then this is for you as well. Yeah. So when you think about all that potential for the entrepreneur and that that amazing synergy of things coming together, what is it mm. about a brand that makes it such a powerful asset for a business?
0: Yeah. Well, I think at, at a surface level, what we see as consumers or potential clients is something that maybe looks really beautiful, that catches our attention. Sometimes we don't even notice it. We notice it when it's not working, but sometimes we don't notice it when it is almost. But Mm. it's, you know, at at a very surface level, we think of branding as kind of the logo, the things that we see Mm. on the outside. Mm. So that might be the website. It might be the way... That the um, the interiors, whether you've got a hotel or a shop or a you know a, a restaurant, maybe you're thinking about all those touch points that clients have and and the way the impression that that creates. And we can think mm-hmm. of that at a really aesthetic level and just how does something look? Mm-hmm. But actually, if you're thinking about a powerful brand, what's going on behind the scenes? is that everything's very gorgeous and is working well aesthetically, but it's also creating the right feeling. Mm. And that feeling creates a connection Mm. between the business, the brand, and the customer. Yes. And it has this really powerful effect because before the client has even done business, with that company they've already it's created a bit of a halo effect they like mm. it it's created a bit of a pull it, it brings more traction mm. they've got an expectation of what that business might be and a really good example of this actually is there's a hotel called Glebe House in Devon I don't know if you've seen mm, them I yes yeah, yeah yeah so their interiors absolutely captivated me it's a Devon farmhouse um I think they've only got something like five or six bedrooms, but they've got a beautiful restaurant. The rooms are done in the most stunning way, really exciting and a bit quirky, and mm. you know, a bit bit bolder and a bit more colourful than I would like. But still, the kind of room I could sleep in. You know, some of them you're like, "Whoa, too much." Um, <laughs> it really captured my imagination, and then I saw their logo, so I'd found them on Instagram. And I was following their renovation journey. And then I saw their logo, which is really artistic and in mm. this gorgeous mustard yellow. And I've never been, but it it's ma- it makes me want to go. Right. Because they're really clear about what they stand for. They have great vision. And actually, I'm talking about it in the Elevate um, mm. seminar this week about vision. Mm. Um, and it's that connection, really, between what the experience is what the expectation is mm. and then the memory that i'll take away when i go because i will go yeah and and it creates something that is is bigger it it's you know it stops you having to hustle doesn't it really yeah yeah the key thing as i say with a powerful brand is that it works at more of than an aesthetic level yeah so an ugly brand that feels right is not a powerful brand either (laughs) but we more often than not see um pretty brands that aren't distinctive that aren't powerful and Mm. that's probably what we'll explore next I'm guessing yeah
1: so when a brand is really powerful what does that enable
0: for a business commercially and in its positioning well, it enables them to move forwards. It, it means that you have to work less hard. It means that you don't need to compete on price. It means that you don't have to hustle for business. It means that it's it's easier to self, set yourself apart. But obviously, none of that stuff is coming from the logo. It's coming mm. from within. And the job of the brand is to communicate the clarity and the point of difference and the magic yes. that yeah. is within that business. Absolutely. This really is about a a tool
1: to own your space, to define your space, to claim it and to really attract people into that. Yeah. And attract the right people as well, isn't it? So there's a clarity piece, like you say. And what we were talking about the other day when we were talking about vision in relation to Elevate is the bit that I think gets you quite excited is about brands that are really visionary in that and create something yeah. quite exciting about that. Yeah. Because, and this is where the sort of the baseline of what's been expected in the past of branding and what is now emerging as being possible with branding is an ever-moving, shifting feast, isn't it? It was okay yeah. maybe before to just have something that was aesthetic and did the job. It was done on the tin and, and the brand was looked at in these sort of compartments of assets, maybe the logo, maybe the photography, maybe this, that, and the other. But what you're interested in is is these really visionary brands. What is it about a brand with vision? What's the difference there with a brand with a vision? And I think what I'm hearing you saying is it's this connection between the inside out and then having this certain wow factor in the presentation of that that creates this magnetic pull. Yes. So when we're thinking about getting your brand right from the start, what does the word brand encompass? What do we need to be
0: thinking about? Well, I guess what we're talking about really in this episode is getting your brand identity right from the start, aren't we? So we're not so much talking about the brand, which is everything people expect, experience, remember about your business.
1: Mm.
0: What we're really talking about is those visual touch points. So when people visit your vineyard or they land on your website or they hit your social media Mm. profile what visual cues are they getting from the kind of colors you use the way your photography is composed edited styled shot what about um the fonts on your website or Mm. the materials you've used for your signage or you know all of those textures they all create an impression your tone of voice so if you're a very high-end vineyard for argument's sake being like "Woo, hi nice to see you <laughs> it's not it doesn't flow no not so much <laughs> so we, we're really talking about all of those elements so in how to style your brand we sort of broke that down didn't we into mm. your logo your type your brand patterns your color palettes the textures that you might use the, the photography. photography yeah, yeah. All of those. But things. it's really, we're, we're thinking about those visual things. And as you say, we're trying to think about them as a whole with a strategic vision. Yeah. And I'm thinking about
1: how people would normally approach this. And I see this a lot in you know, in the clients that come to me and they're, they might be at the inception of their business and they've come to get some clarity about what they want to do and all of that kind of stuff. And mm. then, and then their instinct is to go and race off and go, right, well, I'm going to get my website and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And that's yeah. all great. And so h- how do people normally approach this branding process and what are the things to watch for in that? Why wouldn't mm. we recommend that they do some of those things that they might normally go racing out to do?
0: Yeah, I mean when I started in branding and well certainly when I set up my design agency people would go straight to the sign writer for the yeah. logo you know and now it's we go straight to the web designer so you you it's understandable you're thinking about the end product I've got some wine lab, labels that need printing
1: uh, mm. let me
0: go to a, a you know a label designer or I I need to get a sign above my shop let me go do that mm. I'm going to need a website, so let me go to a website developer. Mm -hmm. They all fit into the process further along the line. What I see quite regularly, and the whole reason actually for writing How to Style Your Brand, was because... If we're going to realise the potential of what's possible with branding, and I don't even know whether we've talked about this or not, but, mm. you know, your your brand has the potential to move your business forwards commercially mm. to really, we have talked about this, to really pull you along. And if that's going to happen, you need to take more than a passive role. Yes. So it's not enough to chuck money at someone. And say, you're the expert, just get on with it. And I see this going awry with people spending £300. Mm. And I see it going awry with people spending £100,000. So it's not a case of, well, that won't happen to me because I'm spending enough money. Yes, exactly. It's about making empowered, smart choices. You know, you're the entrepreneur. No one knows your vision for your business and where you want to take it as well as you do. Yeah. So it's about putting yourself in the driving seat, not not kind of bulldozing over the designers and, and you know, sending them stick men and saying, I'd like it drawn like this, please. Yeah, <laughs> but- yeah. No, never- well, I think what you're saying really is it's it's not –
1: because you could feel like you're in control of it by getting all these jobs done. But what you're saying is it's not a tick list of assets to create. No. It's an approach to a project of branding your business and establishing what that needs to do for you, what's important about that. And you can talk us through all the details of, of how we do that. Getting that foundation there and then commissioning those to-do list pieces from that point of foundation rather than just going, I've got a lot of assets I need to create. I will just go and do that in disparate little pockets over here and over there. And 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 mm-hmm. it's great because even if I just say, well, it all has to look like this or all be this same color, that's not the same as what you're saying of creating a visionary brand that's going to have this impact, is it? So yeah. if we're approaching it much more strategically what do we need to be
0: thinking about first and foremost? Well, you've got to start with clarity. So before you go near any other designer, you've got to start from a point of what is this business all about? What sets me apart? So what's my magic? And we did a whole podcast episode mm. on magic. Who am I muses? I think that was our first or second episode. So you can go back and listen to that. Um, where is my brand going to sit in the market? Who's going to value what I do? What Mm -hmm. impact do I want my brand to create? So you start from a very objective point of view. And this is where my geekiness comes in. This is where Mm. you get that balance between strategic thinking and creative. Because What was happening in the noughties was that we were getting really carried away with how things looked, getting really excited Mm -hmm. about that. And then six months down the line, you realize you've got a brand that's saying all the wrong things about you. You did Mm -hmm. love it when you got the business cards printed, but it's not really working now. Yeah, yeah. So that's where it's bringing a more strategic and objective approach stops you from that what I called magpie syndrome, where you're sort of looking at something absolutely falling head over heels in love with that I want that I want that I want that mm-hmm. and then just as you're signing off your brand you see something else on Pinterest and that shatters yeah. your whole vision yeah. for your business and you want to start again
1: if people normally approach it with this kind of slightly scattergun I'm just going to go off and quick fire commission And we don't want them to do that. We want them to start with that clarity and that clarity begins with the magic, what sets them apart, where they want to be positioned, who they
0: serve. Mm -hmm. Then what do they do? So then you, you need to think about a vision. So what might this look like? Now, I would really advocate you creating a mood board. So at the end of the brand clarity piece, we think about what's the essence of your brand and what feeling does it need to create? And I take a ton of thinking and context and distill it down into three words for the essence and three words for the feeling. And the reason I do that is because that gives us completely incisive focus Yeah, and it's something that you can live up to. Nobody can create a a design that meets a 12 point brief, but we can all do something that meets three. Mm, So mm. once you've got those three essence words, three feeling words, and you've got a sense of how your brand should feel, I would then be taking to Pinterest and kind of going, well, how have people done that? So if I was doing this for a wine label, I wouldn't be going and looking at other wine labels. I'd be looking at anything but wine labels Yeah.
1: And this is interesting because what you're suggesting is that the entrepreneur does this for their business. They get the vision
0: clear for themselves before they take it to a designer. But the big Mm. caveat is you're only doing this for yourself. Yes. And we'll get on to why in a minute, Mm. why you don't share this with your designer. I think it's really, really, really important that you don't share your mood board with your designer. Right? Uh, Can we come back to that? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah yeah so you're you're building a sense of what does my brand need to feel like what's the potential so if i want my brand to feel relaxed and unpretentious and artisan and high quality how have other businesses done that now mm. you do need an understanding of what impact fonts create what impact colors create you know you can do some of this subconsciously Mm. but the more information you've got and the more knowledge you've got about how these brand elements work and how they communicate the more empowered you'll be but the purpose really of this mood board is to give you a bit of an insight into what your business might look like and help you find a designer whose Mm. portfolio reflects what your brand should look like so it's it's really a, a clarifying tool for you Mm. And if you're completely bamboozled
1: at the prospect of doing that, you don't feel like you've got a creative bone in your body, you have no idea where to start with that. It's not your strength. I might as well just pay a designer to do all this thinking bit for me. Firstly, what are the risks of not doing that? And how do we get over the hurdles if it's really overwhelming?
0: Um, well, I think you break it down, so you know there's no getting around the fact that to be able to do this stuff well, you need some level of knowledge.
1: Mm.
0: so in how to style your brand, which I think you can get on Amazon for about thirteen pounds, so it's not a big investment um I walk through how these different brand elements work and the kind of impact they create, so at a really mm. simple, fundamental level that will give you a level of insight and a level yep. of empowerment. So mm. you know this is not this is not knowledge that you're going to be born with. Um mm. I think that some of us are more curious than others some of us are more design aware than others so mm. some of us will find that we just naturally notice signs on the high street and just notice how they might make us feel. So mm. that's you know to to just look around you and think well Oh, that looks classy, or that looks a bit artisan. How's that mm. working and why? Mm. Um, color psychology is the complete magic bullet and shortcut to all of this, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: Okay. So you've got the vision, you've got some kind of mood board representation of that. Mm. Remind us why we shouldn't be showing that to our designer.
0: Well, yeah, before that, let's just talk about the designers and then I will come totally come back to that. So you're using your mood board to say, you know, this this feels um, artisan and relaxed and unpretentious and, and high quality. So this is sort of vaguely what I'm looking for. It's not an order form. You're not saying this is what I want it to look like. But you're just saying okay, well, these these typefaces, they feel really classy or this photography feels about right. So then I'd be going to a range of designers' websites and people always ask me where to find them. So you can find them in the back of How to Style Your Brand or Brand Brilliance. I've got some downloads on my website. Um, But actually the best place to find them is from your Pinterest board. Mm. So you will have probably pinned some work from designers whose work you love. Start there. So literally follow the pins back and go to whoever did that work that you love.
1: Mm.
0: So you're, you're then on their websites and you're looking at, is this cohesive? So is the thing that I've fallen in love with, is that a one-off in a sea of stuff that looks very different? Am Mm. I seeing not, there's a fine balance between seeing consistency of style and being reassured that this designer can, do this again for you Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. everything being so cookie cutter that it's gonna look like a yeah an Etsy logo. Mm. You're you're looking at that, you're looking at their portfolios and thinking, based on my mood board, could my brand sit in that portfolio comfortably? Because Mm. one of the reasons I wrote How Style Your Brand was because spoke to so many people who had commissioned brand identities that they were disappointed with, that they wanted to change, that they couldn't afford to change. And it it wasn't generally that they'd worked with a bad designer, it's that they'd worked with the wrong one for their project.
1: Yeah, and that happens at every level. And I've had experience with high-funded startups
0: commissioning really
1: brilliant agencies, great agencies that produce fabulous brands. And the only problem that they had was they were just the wrong agency for them. Not that their design wasn't stellar, but yeah. they end up, they can end up spending on the wrong design.
0: Yeah. And that yeah. can happen at any level, can't it? Yeah, I think that's the thing. Just because you've invested a lot of money doesn't doesn't mean that you'll get what you need. And that, that I've seen mm-hmm. that happen with clients of mine before they've started working with me where they're in for a lot and yeah. then they're having to backtrack. To then come back, To your question about mood boards and why do we not share it with the designer? A great designer will bring their own vision, solid understanding of how branding works and how to create the right impact to the party. And so, what Mm. I'm training designers to do is to kind of go, okay, well, this is the business, this is where you want to sit, this is who you want to attract, this is what it's going to look like. That is the most empowering, exciting, creative and commercially successful way of doing things. I mean, you can probably explain better than I can what impact throwing out a mood board saying I'd like it to look like this please <laughs> it's gonna happen oh, well, in it that just process. limits the potential so far
1: doesn't it because if yeah. it, you want the whole and this comes back if I look at the big picture of it it comes back to the es- energy and the resonance you're creating in your business mm. and I think about the resonance created when we did when we did my book yeah there was a reason why I brought the dream team together
0: you know yeah. you
1: and Gail for the illustrations all of that piece because when you've got the right people who are really fired up and are left to do their best work, mm. and you're not getting involved in that, the whole energy that's created at the outset of this brand. Is so much more. It's like you're sort of you're lighting the fire under it from lots of different directions. Yeah. So I think it's really important to work with the right people. And just on that cost thing, like you say, there's some absolute diamonds you can find at all ends of the spectrum in terms of designers, aren't there? You don't have to be commissioning huge amounts of money to get a really good, competent, exciting, passionate, fired up. No, designer. I mean
0: you need you need to commit you need to commit a certain amount. You mm. there's an element of you get what you pay for. Yeah, and what else
1: can we do to protect ourselves and kind of just give ourselves a fighting chance that we're using the right people and this is going in the right direction? Is there anything else we need to be paying attention to?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, portfolio? it's really hard. It's really hard because mm. even someone who's got a stellar portfolio that has an amazing wealth of uh, testimonials and a great process, if they're having an off day or an off mm. week or an off month, that's going to impact. So yeah. you know, I don't want to put too much of a downer on it. <laughs> but <laughs> you no one can mitigate against everything, but I think one of the biggest clues, I think there are a few a few red flags for me. So mm. first thing is and I don't I don't want to get into numbers at all, mm-hmm. but I think the first thing to think about is you know, whatever anyone else has told you, including me, to be perfectly honest, does this feel like a comfortable, reasonable amount of money for you to spend? Like, is, that, is it yeah. something you can afford to invest, first of all? You need to think about the size of your business. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're selling cupcakes on a Saturday at the farmer's market, the amount of money it makes sense to invest in your brand identity versus a vineyard turning over millions of pounds a year like yeah. you you do need to do a bit of speculating and mm-hmm. you need to you know if you're thinking big in terms of your business you need to think big in terms of your brand and what you yeah. invest in it um i mean that sort of makes me feel a little bit sick because i think there are people out there playing into that right now sure um so i think there's that first of all is like what amount of money feels comfortable makes sense um and then it, i suppose what we're really talking about is how do i spot if this person's any good
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah and i think there's a few things there firstly and my barometer for this changes depending on how much people are charging right so okay what I'm trying to say is how distinctive and unique does the design feel Mm. now under a certain amount of money, I'm okay with it looking a bit more generic, a bit more templatey because Mm, mm. I'm thinking that the designer is pitching their price at a level that reflects their experience and their skill and their ability to, to be really intentional, truly intentional. Um, Whereas over a certain amount of money, i'm expecting something really strategic really visionary really intentional and with exceptional customer service
1: yes yes
0: um and it's quite yeah, and that's hard really good
1: guide point to yeah. um,
0: mm-hmm. so you know i know the designers that i picked for my rebrand i mean their portfolio just took my breath away yeah. and they had a really consistent style and everything they produced was different and innovative and exciting Mm. but also very distinctly theirs yes um so that gave me real confidence in their vision and their creativity and their creative abilities yeah and I think in general
1: you know the rule of thumb for anybody where at whichever level you're operating at is it has to be a joy or the potential is that it can be a really joyful and empowering and exciting experience and it shouldn't be one that you know this is the outset of your business this is this is how you're coming out of the gates this this sets you up this has a direct correlation i see the relationship to your brand has a direct correlation to the to the amount of confidence you have as an entrepreneur in mm, doing what totally. you do and that is imp- impacted by the experience of creating the brand. Yeah. You know, so yeah. going for something that's easy, um, something that's joyful, something that's empowering, understanding communication styles and process and finding whatever, There's you know, there's no right way, but finding the way that works for you. If you mm. know you're someone that needs a lot of hand holding, you need to find someone who's prepared to do that. If you know you're, you know, you're someone who's very happy with just, being led and followed along and just email contact, then there's no necessary right or wrong way. But if the process is not an empowering one for you, or if you feel like you have to micromanage, or that it's getting out of your hands uncontrollably, then that is going to impact on the legacy that this brand creation creates for your business. And it will start you off in a very different way. I mean, I remember years and years ago when you guys at the agency did my One of my first branding um, makeovers and you just did, Kaz just did the blog for me again. Mm. And it wasn't a massive project, but the difference it made to my ability, I think I've said this before, the difference it made to my ability to just show up and blog or to just get myself out there was massive. And I see the same with, you know, companies that I work with now who've commissioned big brand out of the gates with big startup investment and they hold their bottle in their hand or their jar of beautiful body cream and the difference when they go, wow, this is amazing. And this has been such a great process and everybody's mm. popping champagne and it's wonderful versus, oh, yeah, OK, well, I've got a brand. I can go out and do that now.
0: Yeah. is completely different. Yeah, it is. And what we're really looking for if we're creating a powerful brand is this level of strategic thinking and intention and what I'd encourage you to do is go beyond just kind of looking at the headline on the website. Okay, they're, they're doing visual strategy or they're doing intentional design and actually ask questions. So mm. look at the portfolio. Has Have they explained why they've done what they've done? Why mm. have they picked that color, that typeface, that illustrative style? And how does that link back to the the commercial goals of the client, where they want to sit in the market, what they want to be known for. Mm. And again, when you're having a meeting with the client, sorry, with the designer, are they volunteering that kind of information? Are they able to answer it if you ask them? Because that will give you a Mm. really good insight into what level of strategic thinking they're bringing. And therefore, Mm. again, whether that's good value for money. Yeah. Yeah. I worked with some amazing clients last, well, in the autumn term. And um, each of them, each of them was really well-equipped in terms of understanding their business, what what impact they wanted to create, what their brand needed to do. They'd invested mm. well in a good designer. and And what was so amazing was that they kind of, they knew where their bar was at and they Mm -hmm. they they knew you know every time we're on the same page I guess is what I'm trying to say you know I would say it's nice but I don't think it's got enough presence and they would be like no it's exactly that It needs more presence and having that level of insight and being able to Mm. not not necessarily you don't need to say to the designer I need the font to be wider or I need it to be brown instead of gray Mm, but mm. you do need to be able to say look I'm working on you know this is an interior designer who's actually in the resonant brand the free seminar um you know I'm working on renovations that are 10 million pound properties I Mm. need something that has a bit more gravitas it just doesn't feel like it's got enough presence at the moment you need to be able to explain that
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, and that's where it comes back to your brand has to be able to carry your pricing and your market positioning well out into the market for you, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. How long would
0: you expect a branding process to take? Longer than you would like to think. (laughs) So um, I think six months, I always say about six months. Right. um, Which is far longer than anybody wants to take. And you can sometimes do it faster. But what I find is the clarity piece takes about a month, generally. Yeah.
1: And I would add a caveat to that is you you need to come to that brand clarity piece with entrepreneurial clarity beforehand. Because yeah. I know what quite often happens is people come to you ready to do that brand piece and you send them back to me because they haven't thought about what their business I mean, actually so not,
0: is. Not often, but as in the proportion of people that I'll send back is quite small, yeah, yeah. but it definitely, yeah. definitely happens. Definitely. Yeah. You've got to know what your business is before. I mean, I was working yeah. with someone before half term and bless her. She'd listened to a couple of our episodes and realized that her her vision and her plan for her business just wasn't viable. Um, oh. I know. Which kind of, oh. you know, yay to Good us for, for giving her. <laughs> some... For killing her dreams. <laughs> <laughs> no, it meant that. <laughs> She didn't waste time and money. Yes, no, that is a good thing. Um, But yeah, she realized from listening to, I think, the Magic and the Muses episodes that she didn't really have a point of difference, that she didn't really Mm. have any way of protecting all of this work that she was about to put in. So she's gone back to you to work out what her business is going to be. So you definitely need to have a business. Mm or a plan yeah. for a business before you do this yeah. stuff. And I know where you
1: want to take it at some level in terms of your aspirations as well, because that oh, will help. Not at
0: some level. Like, you need to know where you're going, I think. I think it's really, really important. Um, but if we go back to your question on timing, so let's say the brand clarity vision piece is going to take about a month, whether you do that with me, whether you do it yourself, whether you work through a course to do it. You've then got to find a designer
1: mm.
0: and the good ones generally have a waiting list of one, two, three months. Yeah. And then the process will probably take three months. So, I mean, we're kind of on, you know, six, seven, eight months. Yeah. And that's for the basic brand identity. Yeah. So- and then a
1: website, a couple more months. Is there anything I haven't asked you before we wrap all of this up that you think is important for us to be considering if we're getting our brand right from the
0: start I guess the final thing to think about is how do you review that design as it moves through the design journey and Mm -hmm. how do you make sure that you land on something that doesn't just make you happy because that's really important but that also moves you forward at a commercial level
1: yeah we get a piece of design work back and we love it How do we know it's right? Or we get a design piece back and we don't love it. What do we do?
0: Yeah. So you're going to have a gut feel and that gut feel. Hopefully, if you've got that sense of resonance about your brand and you've gone through that process of having a real sense of clarity, maybe you've created that mood board so that you can capture that resonance visually. Mm. When you see that you've got that email from your designer come in, first thing to do is do not open it on your phone in the queue in Waitrose. Like (laughs) that's not the thing. It's so tempting though to do that, to be, you know, we're so often checking our emails wherever we are. It deserves a moment. And I think not only that, but what I tend to do is, Before I open that email, because I work on a lot of this with my clients, I will open up my brand vision document. Yeah. And I will remind myself of what was the essence of this business? What feeling did we want the brand to create? What did my mood board look like? Not to kind of go, has the brand designer read my mind, but just to root myself in that place of resonance before. I open anything.
1: Yeah, because there could be a potential danger if we don't do that, that we love something that's not right. Mm. Just because we love it, right? Just because it's our taste or whatever.
0: And the nature of creativity and the nature of vision is that when your designer is really going full throttle on a resonant vision, it will move your ideas forwards, which Mm. is one of the reasons you don't show them the mood board. So... You're not looking for them to come up with what your idea was, because that's only ever going to be a less good version of your idea. It's going to completely cripple their creativity. Right. But you sort of want to make sure that it, it moves forwards in the same path. So you're, yeah. not, you're not kind of over here doing having something else that's working in parallel with your business. Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah so so root yourself in that resonance remind yourself of how it needed to feel and just think about that gut as you open it and try and do it on your desktop computer so you've got the biggest screen you can possibly give it Mm. Um, CASL was recommended that you download the pdf and view that rather than looking it through your internet browser, because that can skew the colours. Ah, okay. It's worth bearing in mind. But, you know, sit down with a cup of tea or glass of champagne or whatever feels appropriate and just give it a moment. So does this feel right? What's your gut telling you? Because you'll have a gut feel from that original vision document that you created. Does this feel like it's in the right space, the right place, or does it feel off? And then you can start digging into, well, what about it feels right and what doesn't? And I would do that whether you're thrilled or whether you're not thrilled, because it's never black and white. So sure. nothing is ever. Well, I say that it happened with Fiona Pickles, actually, where I had no changes. But generally, nothing is ever 100 percent right or 100 percent not right. So even if your gut feels says I absolutely hate this. You know, go into the detail, calm yourself down, take a break. You know, you can, I would go back to the designer and just say, thank you so much for working so hard on this. I'm taking a moment to take all this in and I'll come back to you in a couple of days. Right. You know, so you're yeah, not keeping them out. hanging around
1: wondering, does it? Yeah,
0: you're not freaking them out. You're not saying, oh, my goodness, I am so disappointed. Here are 12 pages on why, because I've been on the end of that and it's not nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also, you don't need to go back and say, Woo! I love it, unless you do. If you do, yeah. great. Go back, say, I absolutely love it. I'm going to take some time to absorb all this. And I, you know, both of those situations, you want that reflection time.
1: Yeah. And also, it's crucial to preserve that relationship with your designer ongoing, isn't it? If so. so, managing yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is quite clear. And what this is all telling me is how vital it is to have that vision and resonance point before you go into this, because without that, You're just kind of picking at straws, aren't you?
0: Yeah. And you know, it's, it's vital on both sides. So I'm working really hard on developing a cohort of designers that are able to work within that resonance. Yeah. And also to give the entrepreneurs the ability to do that because it makes such a difference. If we then think about how else do you know it's right? Going back to your original question, it's really tempting to forward this on to your friends your family um your partner and also the friend in the know and what I always say to designers is it's really important how you present your work because you might be thinking that this is only going to one person but the reality is it's going to be forwarded on so how you present this work how you show that your your kind of response to this brief is considered It's resonant, it's right, is everything because this isn't just about appealing to the entrepreneur or the marketing manager or the brand manager. It's actually about telling a story. So, this whole episode was prompted by me sat by the swimming pool, um, watching with my one of my friends watching our daughters swim, and Mm. she got another WhatsApp with another wine label in from her brother who's just well bought a vineyard a couple of years ago and has been working on this branding project for however long and you know she was like well I don't like this and I don't like that and and I I just couldn't get my words out fast enough because I was like well it's not really about what you like Laura it's let's let's back it right up and think about what is it about this vineyard that that sets them apart and what impact were we trying to create? And I could see very clearly from the three designs that had been sent over from this iteration, but also Mm. from what had gone before, that that clarity, vision, resonance piece hadn't been done. Yeah. And that's not necessarily the fault of the vineyard owner. Yeah. the kind of thing, particularly an agency working at this level, I would hope would be doing. But it doesn't mean that it is, you know, to go back to what we were saying earlier about just because you're spending lots of money. It, it This can happen at every level. Yeah. And it's about understanding. Are you working with someone that's creating beautiful graphic design because that is worth spending money on? That costs money. That doesn't mean that those people are ripping you off at all. Mm. But it's a different approach. Or are you working with someone that's able to to find that clarity? Perhaps not, but are you able to work? Are you working with someone that's able to translate that clarity at a strategic level? So yeah. there's there's lots of steps in this, but I think the big message is: be careful who you send this to, because this isn't about your friends and family's likes and dislikes. This is yeah. about what's right for your brand. And when you when you couch it in that, you know, you you can send it to your family and say. I wanted I want our vineyard to feel really personable and really high end and and really um natural, natural yeah, or natural or what whatever it might be. How does this make you feel? If you want to get that kind of feedback, do but try and give them a bit of a steer. Otherwise mm. you're gonna get twelve different responses because twelve different people have different tastes, different opinions, different assumptions, mm. and you're gonna end up probably spending a fortune because every time you're going to try and incorporate feedback. So what I learned when I had the agency, I could always spot when people's friends had got involved because sometimes they'd be quite explicit. So-and-so works for Coca-Cola and they've told us it should be like this. Right. And actually you have to, well, you learn to kind of go, well, that wasn't what we were setting out to achieve. It's really, you know, perhaps that's a valid point. Do we need to change the brief and invest some more time? Yeah. And money, therefore. Yeah. Because we're, changing yeah. the brief, we're Changing the bridge. Or or is that actually something that we don't need to consider? So I'm getting into the... Mm,
1: and that's where the confidence of the designer comes in to be able to, you know, own their work and be clear. And if you've, yeah. as a designer, really felt you've understood the brief and you've thrashed that out, then then you can go back with that more confidence.
0: It's, it's this point, isn't it, where things can go really awry and can get really stressful and frustrated if you didn't sort out the strategy at the start. Yeah. So It feels like we just want to get out there and commission a designer whose work we absolutely love. But if we if we're not clear at the start, it's going to get difficult. Mm. So that's really the essence of all of this,
1: to get your brand right from the start. You have to have that clarity, which involves your direction, what you want for your business, who your users are, where your space in the market is, what your magic is. And you have to have got into the resonance of that before you go all guns blazing in any direction, commissioning everything.
0: Yeah. And then hold on to that as you move through the process, because things come in and distract, whether it's friends, family, things we've seen on Pinterest, things we've seen on our travels inspirations will come in and they can derail sometimes they can give us real insights that can be really valuable but more often than not they'll derail us and having that written down Mm. brand clarity brand strategy to just keep you on track will pay dividends in the long run
1: amazing well i think folks that is a wrap so if you are working on getting your brand out there and you are doing this from scratch, then hopefully there's some great fodder in there and we'll be developing this and all the stuff that comes after Mm. in future episodes, I'm sure. Can't wait. Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: Now feels like a really good time to talk to you about my Style Your Brand collection of courses. These are in the Brand Stylist Academy, and it's a collection of the Brand Clarity course, the Brand Vision course, and the Creative Direction course. And if you are at a point where you are branding or rebranding your businesses, I cannot recommend working through this highly enough, not just because it's how I make my living and how I pay my mortgage, but also because genuinely, they will help you find your clarity, find your space, Identify your magic and really unlock the power of your space and your messaging. You can buy them all separately, but combined together, the Style of Your Brand collection of courses will save you, I think it's about £150. And I'm going to set up a code for the lovely listeners of this podcast where you can save a further £50 with the code Style and Substance. That is style and substance, and that will save you an extra £50. You can find everything at thebrand-stylist.com or the Brand Stylist Academy is thebrandstylistacademy.com. I cannot wait to see you in the class. Thank you so much for tuning in to Style and Substance. We really hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find more information on everything we've talked about by heading to the show notes or by visiting our websites at thebrand-stylist.com or elizabethcairns.com.
1: If you like what you've heard, we'd love a review. We're a brand new show and your support makes all the difference. You can like and subscribe as well as giving us what we hope is a well-deserved five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show too, so please do leave your comments, questions or suggestions for future episodes on our blogs. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.